Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Boom Goddess Podcast Project with your hosts, myself, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks, Jennifer Davis Page, and Bibi Peters. This podcast aims to ignite inspiration in primetime women by creating a super learning community, a safe space for all women to contribute their voices and visions. For more information on this episode and to learn more, visit us at boomgoddessradio.com. With our last episode, we promised that we were going to get back to Kelly, our nutritionist, and ask her questions about the dark side of nutrition. Yes, the sweets and the treats the wine versus the alcohol, and the best times to indulge. Hey, let's get to it. So, Kelly, thank you for all the good information. And I must tell you, I made this amazing pasta primavera with basil and um, rosemary from my garden. And it turned out to be beautiful. I think we're going to post it on our Facebook page and credit you with the inspiration. Yeah. It's really lovely. It took four Fabulous. hours, but it's really lovely. <laughs> so now that we know that we can make beautiful, healthful food, um, there's so many questions about sort of what I would call the dark side of nutrition, which can be the addictions to salt or to sweet or the desire to have wine or alcohol in general. So I'd like this part of the conversation, maybe we can address some of the more difficult issues with nutrition. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think um, you bring up a a brilliant point, and I think, you know, a lot of um, the trouble, I think, that most of us have with Um, like you call it the dark side, has to do with a lot of these uh, chemical ingredients and, you know, fat, sugar, salt, all of the unhealthy kinds um, that are, that are out there. Um, Because there is, in fact, um, uh, you know, a better kind of salt to buy than another. You know, if you're getting a better quality salt, you're going to be more satisfied with less of it. Um, rather than a lot of these packaged products which are using cheaper forms of things. And and it almost feels like you just can't get enough when you get a product like that. It's, it's almost like a, um, a never-ending um, kind of a feeling or n- not satisfied kind of a feeling. So my recommendation to people would be to, to, um, to indulge in, you know, fabulous food, and, and make sure it's higher quality ingredients and you'll be so much more satisfied. Um, so for example, um, you know, like, um, you know, desserts, you know, if you're thinking about desserts um, and um, what I like to tell people is when you go for something sweet, um, make sure you are using real ingredients. And I, I have a great cooking class where I teach desserts that don't use white flour or sugar because those are some of the things that make us just want to overeat. So instead we're using, um, we're caramelizing fruit and we're getting a a greater depth. So if you just have a normal pear, it's not that interesting, but if you, if you bake it, 
that's, it brings that sweetness to the surface, and then you add, you know, sweet spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla, and use things like dates um, and apple, I mean, applesauce and, and these kind of sweet foods, you know, and you add a heat to them, you know, making like a, a, an apple crumble or a berry crumble. Um, those, those kind of things um, you can eat for breakfast. I mean, that... That is something that would really satisfy you. You're not using white flour or sugar. You actually don't need any sweetener because you have the caramelization of the fruit um, in there. That's a really wise piece of advice. And I do have a couple of pounds of dates when I was on this kick once before. And they're in my freezer. So I'm hoping that um, maybe in our after hours call, you might be able to share with us some good recipes for using natural sweeteners. I think that's a, that's a, a fabulous motivation for us to see what we can come up with creatively. Can you talk, Kelly, a little bit about um, alcohol and the best way to have our wine or to have our tequila or our vodka? Is there, is there a way or time of day that's better than others in terms of metabolism and digestion? Absolutely. Um, I would say two things. I would say one of the things is if you're going to be um, having alcohol, try to not have it on an empty stomach. Try to make sure that you have something um, in your stomach um, to, just to help um, blood sugar and, uh, and, and, and also helps with metabolizing it. Um, but another tip that I tell people is um, a lot of times people have alcohol with a meal and when they're eating their meal, what they're doing is they're washing down each bite with a sip of alcohol and not really savoring and enjoying it um, or being in the moment with it. So one of the things that I would recommend is really, uh, you know, maybe wash down the meal with um, water or, or something like that and then really take time to sip and savor your alcohol. Um, so, so whether it's after a meal or... Um, or, or be mindful during the meal um, is, is one of the things that I like to tell people. One of the things, though, about drinking alcohol on a full stomach is that you don't really feel the buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, why drink alcohol? Why drink that vile stuff? Uh, well, that's a really good point. Um, you know, and you don't have to have a full stomach necessarily. Just make sure it's not a completely empty one. So, you know, um, a little handful of nuts or something, um, you know, just just something to to take the edge off, I guess. Would that work, a small handful of nuts? Yeah, a, a small snack would do the trick. Um, you know, it, it. I would just say way better than, than on an empty stomach for sure. And it doesn't, like you said, have to be a full stomach um, at all. Kelly, years ago, when we would order Chinese food, they they used to throw in the tea, uh, some Chinese tea to have with your dinner. That that was always complimentary. That that practice, I think, is long gone. They don't do that anymore. But is there a difference between? I understand that drinking cold 
cold beverages with your dinner versus a, a, a nice warm beverage. Tell us the difference and tell, uh, I, I would think that the hot beverage would be better for us with our meal. Talk a little bit about that. You know, that's a great point. Um, another, another piece is, you know, typically in America, what we do is we put water with ice in it and we, um, we typically drink a lot of fluids during our meals. Well, when you actually look at what that's doing, um, it's dispersing our, our ability to use our digestive enzymes. So when we're drinking a, a ton of fluid during a meal, um, you may not be getting the best absorption of your food. So um, what I like to tell people is to um, take little sips if you need to during the meal. But typically, if you're going to hydrate or, um, uh, you know, the best time to do that would actually be um, when you're not having a meal. So, so throughout the day. And, and actually, first thing in the morning is one of the best things to do. And, and one of the great ways to start, if you're just starting out, what I like to tell people is to wake up in the morning and, like you said, a little warm water or even just... Um, Room temperature water is okay. It's, 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 um, and then add a little bit of lemon. Um, and that really, because when we wake up in the morning, we're the most dehydrated. So water with lemon, room temperature or warm, first thing in the morning, is a really great ritual to get into um, to start your day. But it also helps your body get set up for optimal digestion if you're going to eat breakfast next. And also hydrates you first thing in the morning. So that's a great point. That's a good technical question. So how soon after you finish your hot water with lemon uh, can you drink your black coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, you don't need to wait too long um, because it's going to be digested pretty quickly. So, you know, within five, ten minutes, you should be good to go. Great. That's just a personal that's a personal question. I have my hot water and lemon, but I usually follow up with black coffee chaser. Um, similar to that question, is there a recommendation for hydration before sleep? Oh, that's a great, great point. You know, I think, um, no, there's no particular, you know, um, recommendation in terms of timing and before sleep, um, if it's going to keep you up at night, um, I always tell people to maybe get the majority in um, first thing in the morning during the day, um, you know, between meals. Um, and um, um, But no, there's no specific recommendation for timing, just probably to spread it out and to, you know, for optimal hydration, you want to aim for half your body weight in fluid ounces. And that's just sort of a quick, you know, um, so, so for example, if you need, if you weigh 200 pounds, then you would actually need uh, about a hundred ounces of fluid a day. Um, and that would be like about, you know, give or take three, three liter bottles a day. So typically people have, um, um, if you if you see a water bottle, it's it's typically about twenty to thirty ish ounces, um, and you would need to refill that about three times. Um, but also, you know, tea counts as fluid. You know, soups count. 
Um, and so you can, you know, juices count. So you can, you can mix it up, but, but, um, our bodies do need a lot of hydration and if you're feeling a little dip. Um, that could be from lack of energy, the, the little dip in hydration. We tend to feel it as, as a dragging feeling or, or a dip in energy. So it's really important to stay hydrated and to, spread that out throughout the day rather than try to take it in all at once. So back to the alcohol question, um, vodka, tequila versus other kinds of alcohol that people drink. Jack Daniels, is Jack Daniels better for you than, than uh, Stolish Naya? <laughs> you know, all really good questions. Um, and you know, if we're really getting into it, you know, with alcohol, um, I, I think there are definitely better than other recommendations. I mean, of course, um, you have to really, you know, it affects everyone a little bit different, just, just in terms of how they metabolize it. Some people have a harder time than others, and that could be just genetically. So pay attention to your own bodies, and, and you know who you are if, if you don't, um, um, digest it very well. Um, typically, like um, if you're talking about wines or, or liquor or beer, um, you, you mentioned liquor. Um, I think the main thing to think about um, is really what are you mixing it with? Um, typically, um, you know, there's that's when you could get yourself into trouble with mixing it with you know, energy drinks or syrups or soda or even diet soda. They're all just uh, a bit more junky. If you're going to uh, mix it, try to mix it with something a bit lighter, cleaner, lemon juice, um, like an organic fruit juice, jalapenos, you know, mashed berries, something that um, um, even um, green tea, I've seen people mix it with, uh, maybe just to give you a little antioxidant. Um, but typically, alcohol in itself is not a health food. Um, the media likes to, you know, um, maybe market it more than it is. But, um, but you know, if you're looking at wine, um, I tend to tell people to choose organic wines um, without sulfites. Um, you have less of a hangover <laughs> when you do that. Um, it just tends to not have as much buildup when you're drinking it. Um, you tend to sort of remove it a little bit easier from your body. So, so those are some things to think about as well. I've seen some new products that have come on the market, some new, uh, I saw a slim margarita. These, these drinks that, that tell you that you can drink more and not gain any weight. What's to them? Do you, do you have, are you familiar with any of them? Oh, yes. And it's interesting. Um, and a lot of that is marketing um, because what they're actually doing, if you look on the label, um, is instead of giving a traditional six-ounce pour, they use five or four. Um, so then, it, you know, then they can just say, oh, it's lighter in calories. But it's, it's just really... Less it's really... Time. Right, right. It's just less of a portion that they're using. Yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. Um, the, the marketing, I think, is what gets all of us so confused because um, we really do buy into it and we pay attention to the marketing and sometimes that speaks louder than common sense. 
Um, but, but I think, you know, a lot of it is, is just, is just marketing, um, you know, with all of that. Can you talk a little bit about vodka? A lot of women in particular seem to choose vodka as uh, preferable to wine. Can you just say a couple of words about vodka versus wine? As now we've learned, just a cocktail with some nuts, perhaps some whole grain seed crackers, just enough to take the edge off so people can still feel like they're loosening up a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I think I wouldn't put one better than the other in any category. If you're choosing, you know, a finer quality liquor versus a finer quality wine, it's 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 still equivalent in the alcohol content in our bodies. And I think, you know, what people might feel is a difference in how it's metabolized if you're having, you know, like a non-organic wine that has maybe some sulfites in it that gives you maybe more of a headache. That's maybe the difference of what you're feeling. Um, but, you know, if you're thinking about one better than the other, I would say it's really all the same pretty much. It's all the same to the body. Right, you know, I, yeah. I found it remarkable when I I went on this, this diet last year and I wrote down everything that I consumed in the day, which was very helpful to me. And uh, I found that, and I had to change the way that, that I was eating. And it really did educate me a lot. And I, you know, at, at some point you think you, you know, you, you, you know, you eat food and then you, you, you think you can eat anything you, you want without really knowing the uh, ramifications of eating that bacon cheeseburger, you know? And so uh, I guess when you get to a certain point in your life and the doctor tells you you've got to make some changes, um, you, you, you do, and you really think about, wow, I've been doing this all of my life, and now I've got to make a change. And how my body felt after the change was really quite remarkable. I mean, I did lose the weight that I set out to lose, but I... A lot of things changed. I mean, I felt better. I slept better. Uh, my attitude about a lot of things was better. I was on the treadmill 30 minutes, uh, five days a week. And that really, the, these were all things I had not done before. So introducing this to my life really did make uh, quite an adjustment for me. And so I was very grateful to get that education about food. So having this show today, uh, and, and some of our listeners, I'm sure, were probably just like I was. You know, you go and you pop that popcorn in your mouth or those chips, not really realizing that this is not what we need to be doing. So this has been very helpful. As a psychologist, I really have to say that when you begin to make a positive change, Whatever it is, let's decide, let's say that you decided not to drink alcohol or you decided to pay more attention to fruits and vegetables or you decided to eat earlier in the evening. It's amazing how there's a snowballing effect mm -hmm. and how one positive change can lead to another so that you can be more motivated to do more exercise than you'd been doing before. And I think our conversation with Kelly has certainly 
And Kelly, thank you so much for this because you've added a lot of dimension to a lot of the notions that we all know, you know, quote, quote, but you have brought it down to such a user-friendly level and your own attitude of being um, willing to work with what is and to take a client from where she's at and to bring her gently into the next evolution of whatever her evolution is. And um, just I remember coming to you and talking about the smoothies that I was drinking in the morning with all good stuff, except I was using, for instance, whey protein. And remember what you told me to shift to instead? Um, just a, more of a plant-based protein? It was. It was a pea protein. And yeah. things like s- small tweaks like that can really... Uh, they're doable. First of all, we always want to make sure, like you said, that we take baby steps and do what's possible. And it's so important not to have too extreme a goal because that's where people often fall uh, off the wagon or get into trouble by having too high an expectation for the total transformation. And I think a lot of times when you have conversations with your friends and they'll tell you, you know, I'm 70 years old, I should be able to eat anything I want to, you know, and they have that attitude, but they also do clearly understand that it's not healthy for you. But it's important for, uh, uh, you know, the important information is to our listeners is that in moderation, I think is the key. If you want to have that cheeseburger, then have it, but you can't have one every day. Um because not depriving yourself of things that you've grown up with that you really enjoy, um, that's not going to make you happy uh, in this in this um, in this journey to get the weight off or to stay healthy. So uh, it is okay. You know, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about it's okay to have some ice cream. Thank you for telling us that and pie and cake, but oh. you can't have that every day. So. Uh, at, at some point in your life, you just need to know and gather the information and stay healthy and live as long as you can. And food can help you do that, and understanding think, about it. Mm-hmm. Understanding, like, like you're saying, like the education and the moderation. And I think just the parting thought is that when we begin to take responsibility for our food, which means not buying everything from a store, but as much as possible, eating fresh, eating raw, but preparing things ourselves, and putting the love into it and putting our attention into it, health naturally begins to turn around. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, you can have that that same primavera that you made at home last night and you get in a restaurant, doesn't have all that wonderful fresh uh, ingredients that you added. I mean, there's there's things in there that they add that makes it really taste great uh, that may not be good for you. So eating at home, I think, is, is and, and preparing with love is a wonderful way to, to uh, you know, share your dinner with your husband or your children. Or yourself. Or yourself, right. You know, it's so um, inspiring to be able to really take pride in the aesthetic of what you're doing. And I think that would be a little piece of advice. And I know Kelly had a piece too. Kelly, go ahead. Well, one other thing that I would add, and I I really, you know, I think you guys have brought up some really great points. 
um, you know, that if you're out there and you're, you're, you're feeling, um, you know, just not as great as you used to feel, if you're feeling a little more sluggish or a little more forgetful or, uh, you know, just not quite as good as you used to feel, that is not age. That is a telltale sign that you're having some nutrient deficiencies. So that is not something that, you know, you need to settle for. That's, that's really the cool and empowering thing about your health is that you can really just sort of start any time and say, you know what, I'm not really feeling as great as I used to feel. Um, and so that's sort of a good, um, maybe a little red flag for you to notice. And then I loved how you mentioned that you, you kept your journal um, because the journal, what that really does is it, it's all about awareness and awareness in a non-judgmental way just to see, hmm, what am I doing? And one other piece that I think I'd add to the journal is don't just write down what you're eating. You know, really think about writing down what you're feeling, um, you know, after a meal or before a meal. You know, are you feeling sluggish after you eat? Are you feeling, uh, you know, burst of energy after you're, you're eating? Are you feeling, you know, maybe you're having um, some joint pain or you're feeling like you need to take a nap or those things are really important things to also include in your awareness journal. Is there memory foods? Are there certain things that we, I heard blueberries are wonderful for memory. Are there certain, a few little items that you can talk about that are memory foods? Yes. Definitely. Um, blueberries, that's, that's a really great one. Um, and, you know, for brain, I think about, um, and blueberries are one, is um, purple, blue, that kind of color of foods is really powerful brain foods. Um, so if you think about what are purple foods, you think um, like a purple cabbage or blueberries or blackberries or, you know, um, you mentioned black beans. You mentioned black beans. Black beans, um, absolutely. Um, that color of food is a really great brain color. Uh, and also, I think about probiotics. Um, so I think about gut health when I think about brain. Um, so I think about um, making sure that people have the right kind of bacteria in their gut um, to... And that sort of, you know, the, the bacteria in your gut, you know, it lessens if you're under stress or if you've gone on an antibiotic or if you're eating too much sugar or alcohol or those kind of things. It can really make a difference in your brain health as well. So that's also something to think about is how do I get good probiotics? Well, um, you know, you could do things like a, like a unsweetened organic uh, yogurt, you know, most people think about yogurt, um, but also, you know, expanding into things like sauerkraut, um, raw sauerkraut is actually, you know, fabulous or fermented vegetables of any kind um, are, you know, you just need a tablespoon or, or so to just add in during the day, but that's actually tremendous for our gut health um, as well. Thank you, Kelly. And, you know, this is making me feel that we would probably love to do a whole show 
on gut health. I think that's one of the um, topics that has begun, begun to capture the imagination of all of us who are interested in health and longevity. So what do you say we have another episode down the line um, where we can talk about what we don't get from food and how to sensibly supplement and prepare our bodies to receive and digest well. I think that's a whole topic in itself. And for our listeners to think that when we talk about blueberries and blackberries, that does not mean that you're going to put it in a cobbler and put ice cream on top. We're talking about just eating the fruit. (laughs) We can do a probiotic (laughs) special, right? Blueberries and organic yogurt. And yeah, we can do a whole cookbook. I think I'd like to also share with our listeners that Kelly Grant's entire bio will be on our blog on our website, boomgoddessradio.com. And we'll also feature a couple of suggestions from Kelly directly onto our Facebook page. And um, we invite everybody to take a look because this is a very rich topic, no pun intended. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for joining us, Kelly. It's been enlightening and fun. It it has been enlightening and fun for me as well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been very, very fun. 